Hi, and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. Horizon Church is a Christ-centered, word-based and spirit-led church. We are so happy to bring this week's message to you. And on behalf of our pastors, Brad and Ali Bonhomme and the Horizon Church team, we pray it's a blessing to you. Well, I'm excited to preach tonight. And one of the reasons I'm so excited to preach is because I'm preaching from one of my absolute uh, favourite verses. One of those verses that has just been uh, a, a verse for me that has just shaped what I know about God. It has helped me so much. And so hopefully you're ready and hopefully you've come full of faith. And honestly, by uh, judging by the worship and the hunger in the room during our time of worship, I honestly believe that if that faith that you have uh, is, is ready, God is about to pour out because He loves hungry people. He loves seeing people who are you know, reaching out, who are desiring the things of God, and He wants to meet with you. And I honestly believe that tonight He wants to encourage you in your own faith and also in sharing your faith. We're in uh, this year, which we've themed Uncommon Love. It's a year of sharing the love of God with those around us. This uncommon love is different to the love that people can find in other places. It is a love that cuts through all other things and overcomes so many difficulties and it opens up people's hearts to the goodness of God. And so I hope tonight will be something that stirs your faith. But if you do have your Bible, I'd love you to turn with me to John chapter 1, verse 1. This is what it says. In uh, verse 1 to 5, and then we're going to jump down to verse 14. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Jump down to verse 14. It says, The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Tonight we're talking about Jesus and I'd love to just take a moment to pray. Would you join me? God, we just are here We just know that as we dive into this Scripture, as we open up, you know, the words of the Bible, God, that You are going to stir our hearts. Help us to see You as You really are. And I just pray tonight, God, for those that are yet to come to faith, yet to believe in You, that tonight they would see You for themselves. And that they, like those who followed the Samaritan woman after she shared with them the goodness of God, that they would be able to say, we now believe, not just because of the words of our friend or because of someone else's testimony, but because we have heard for ourselves and we know that this man really is the Saviour of the world. I declare right now, Jesus, that you would move powerfully in hearts. We commit tonight to you. We have faith for a great night in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Now, it is not uncommon for me to get up here and share some stories about how I hurt myself. It's, uh, it's just been part of my pe- preaching flow over the years, and I have to keep up a steady stream of injuries just to keep, you know, the sermon material flowing. In fact, just yesterday, I bruised my heel because I was skating at the skate park with my daughter Lacey, and I forgot how old I was, and I punched it down into the bowl at Colonel Skate Park to bust out the other side and launch myself a little bit higher than I intended. And as I came down off balance, landed heel first, 
fell over, did a big back roll and Lacey lost it. She laughed so hard. She was like, ah, she's imitating me for the next five minutes. This is what you did. Roll over. I'm like, wow, thank you, Lacey. In front of everyone here. I'm trying to be cool. I'm old, but I'm trying to be cool. Thanks for nothing. But in all honesty, I, over the years, have had a number of injuries. And uh, it's just, I don't know why I'm injury prone. Probably the things I do. It's probably not just that I'm injury prone. It's probably that I do things that could injure me. But there's this one time where I got injured and it sort of resulted in me having this problem, right? And basically what happened is one day, um, just doing, doing life and I start getting this like really sore neck, but it's like consistent over days and weeks to the point where I feel like my neck is so tight. It's giving me the craziest headaches. In the morning, I'd seem okay. By the, by the time the evening came, I'd have this throbbing headache, like a migraine style headache. And I'm just like, man, I've got this tension in my neck. So I go to this osteopath lady, right? And if you don't know what an osteopath is, they're basically like, I don't know, they just know everything about the body. Like, <laughs> how is that? <laughs> Isn't that a doctor? I'm very sophisticated, you guys, but... <laughs> and I, you guys now know what an osteopath is. I'm glad I was able to enlighten you. But this osteopath, they're not just a chiropractor. They're not just a physio. They're sort of somewhere in between, a bit of everything, a um, bit of a wizard of the body, you could say. Just, they just know stuff. So I go to this osteopath, and she's a nice lady. We're talking, and I'm like, listen, I've just got these throbbing headaches of an evening. My neck's so tight, I just... I need this like shoulder massage, like a neck, something, fix my neck. And she's like, okay, cool, um, can do. Let me just ask a few questions. Have you had any injuries? And I'm like, how far back are we going here? Like, I'm, you're on the clock right now. I don't have time to, to lay it all out. She goes, recently. And I said, well, no, not, not really. She goes, is there any, anything currently you can't do because you've been injured? I said, well, I can't, I can't open my arm. <laughs> and she's like, what do you mean? I said, that's as far as it goes. And she's like, Why? And I'm like, well, I had this, I went snowboarding recently and I, a few months ago and I was on this like uh, nine day snow trip in New Zealand and on day one, can you believe it? I come off this rail and I hit the knuckle of the down ramp and my arm shoots back like this and I feel just this, you know, my elbow just get reefed out like that and I'm just in a lot of pain. But because it's day one, I'm like, I don't want to miss out on the rest of the trip. So I'm just going to power through. And I just sort of snowboarded for the next like nine days, you know, just holding my arm close, self-protecting the elbow and whatnot. And then it would hurt for a while, but after a few weeks, it sort of stopped hurting. The only problem is I could just not open it. <laughs> like, I mean, I literally could force it as hard as I could, could not open my arm. She goes, well, let me have a look at that. She's like, mmm, 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 <laughs> right? And she's like, I'm going to fix that. And I'm like, uh, what? <laughs> right? So I'm going to fix your elbow. And I'm like, um, I'm here for my neck. And she's like, I'm going to fix your elbow. And I'm like, listen, lady. Right in my head, I'm like, listen, lady, I'm, I'm paying the bills here. Fix my neck, right? I didn't come for you to fix my elbow. Like, thank you, but I don't need that. She's like, no, nah, I'll fix the elbow. And I'm like sit, having this argument in my head being like, oh my gosh, I'm never coming here again. This lady doesn't know anything. <laughs> so I basically am like, it's my neck though. She goes, no, 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 it's your elbow that's affecting your neck. And I'm like, now she's lost it. This chick is like, she has no clue what's going on. She goes, let me explain to him. She goes, because you can't open your elbow, you're favouring your left side whenever you pick up something heavy. And because you're favouring your left side, it's actually throwing out your hips. And because your hips are out of balance, your back's getting all twisted. And because your back's twisted, all, every, all your muscles are tensing up, it's giving you headaches. And I'm like, she goes, so if you want me to fix the headaches, I'm going to fix your elbow. And I'm like, 
go right ahead. Like, shoot. So I had like four sessions fixing my elbow. That's a lot of dollars spent on my elbow. But would you believe it? When my elbow is fixed, all those other issues in my neck dissipated and took care of themselves. The truth is that my approach would have offered momentary relief at best. At best, before a day, a week, a month later, the issue returned because I never dealt with the underlying issue. Do you know, every decision, I've observed that every decision a person makes is made in the pursuit of life. No one, no one is trying to have a bad life. People just want to have a good life. So people make decisions hoping that that decision might bring me some kind of enjoyment, life or satisfaction. People make decisions in the pursuit of life. At the end of the day, it's all that people really want is life. They're looking for life in any and every situation. If, if there's a chance that something might add to their life, then they're gonna go after it. Maybe that's the thing that I've been missing and that's what I need. And this is why we are so susceptible to advertising, why we get caught up in trends, why we get swept away with popular opinion because we have this innate desire for life. You know, people even avoid things that they think detract from life. So we are drawn to things we think will give us life and we turn away from things we think are gonna take our life. And I've even observed when it comes to faith, some people believe that God is trying to stifle their life or limit their life. And some people reject the idea of Christianity or reject the idea of God because they're like, no, 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 I don't want those limitations on me because it's gonna stop me from experiencing life. It's gonna hold me back from some of the other things that I want to do. So sometimes we see people even make, making decisions uh, based on what they think will lead away from life. You know, um, people think maybe if I had more money, then I'd be happy because those things that I want that I know will make me happy, I'd be able to have. Or people think maybe you're in school and you think if I was a part of that group or if I fitted in with those people, then I'd be happy because I'd be accepted and I'd be cool, or I'd be a part of that crew, or maybe for you it's like fame or the idea of being um, notorious or recognised. I want people to know me, to, to, to recognise my name, you know, to, for them to hear my name and think great things. And we have this thought that maybe fame would be the thing that would bring us life, or a relationship. You know, you might be single thinking, if I had a relationship, then that would be what I need. Uh, you know, you're, you're single and you think, if I was engaged, that would make me happy. You know, you're engaged and you're thinking, oh, once I'm married, everything's going to be all good. It's like this thought that there is life out there and if I just get the right thing, I'm going to be happy. I'm going to have life, which is what I really, really want. We do all of these things. All the decisions in our life are made in the pursuit of life. Even the things that we would perceive as evil are also made in the pursuit of life. So people think, well, you know what I'll do? I'll hoard things or I'll take things from others so I have more things. So they steal, they plunder, they pillage, they take from other people, they walk over people to get what they want, thinking, if I can just get there. So even that, these things that we despise, corruption, pride, greed, these things that are rampant in our world are all made because people think that maybe down that path is, is what is going to be satisfaction. It's all made in the pursuit of life. And, you know, the truth is, you, you can't be angry at yourself <laughs> And we can't be angry at people for wanting life. 
It's like this innate thing within a human being that we would pursue life. But the thing that I think you can see and that I can see is that all these people in all these scenarios are searching for life, but how many people are actually finding it? You know, ultimately, none of these things are bringing life at all. And people are jumping from one thing to the next, one relationship to the next, one car to the next, one job to the next, one place to live to the next, thinking that that's where life's going to be found and finding themselves wanting. The harder we chase them, it seems the more disillusioned we become because our pursuits are misguided. You know, um, I'm doing, as part of my devotions this year, the Bible in a Year with Nikki Gumbel, right? Amazing, amazing Bible reading plan if you're, if you're looking for something on top of our Horizon Church Bible reading plan, of course. <laughs> Which is my go-to to begin with. <laughs> Amen. And uh, he was talking about Freddie Mercury just the other day. And he shared this quote from Freddie Mercury. If you don't know who Freddie Mercury is, he was the lead singer of like one of the world's biggest rock bands that sort of have ever existed. Amazing, creative genius, a songwriter that has not many people can match. He's just an incredibly creative person. But this is what he said about all this fame. He said, you can have everything in the world and still be the loneliest man. And that is the most bitter type of loneliness. Success has bought me world idolization and millions of pounds, but it's prevented me from having the only thing we all need, a loving, ongoing relationship. You know, you think like, if I just get that thing, I'll be happy. Do you know you won't? I, I, this wasn't in my notes, but actually I saw a quote from Jim Carrey and he said, I wish everyone could be rich and famous and get everything that they think they want because then they would realise that what they're looking for is not found in that. I, I personally get so heartbroken when I hear of these young people in their 20s who are world-renowned, famous, literally have private jets, money like you wouldn't believe, notoriety, the lot, take their lives. I honestly hate hearing about celebrity suicide. I obviously hate hearing about that with anyone, but it breaks my heart because so many people chase what these people have, but there's no life in it. And time and time again, you see people where we look from the outside thinking, that's it. If I had that, if I was in with that crew, if I knew, if I had the money, if this, and we're pursuing these things in search of life, but it is honestly not satisfying. People are broken even in these environments. People are looking for life in all the wrong places. It's a little bit like the world right now has got this sore neck (laughs) and it has got a throbbing headache and it cannot see straight and it is deluded with this like overwhelming pain and brokenness and it's sort of like stumbling through life just doing the best that it can do, hoping that this next thing might solve it. 
And then for a little while, you know what? The new car does. How good is it? I feel like I'm a boss now. And then they start to pay it off. It's like, ooh, not feeling like so much of a boss now, right? You know, they think, oh, my new job, the relationship. And they've got love hearts and, you know, all those things flowing through their mind. And they're just like rose-coloured glasses. And then after a couple of months, the relationship gets real, (laughs) transitions from that sort of honeymoon space into the reality of human relationship and the headache returns, the sore neck returns, and people jump from one thing to the next, from this to that. Maybe this is the thing that will bring me life. But the problem is it's not working. And you will jump from thing to thing forever until you actually solve the problem. And just like in my story with my sore neck, the issue wasn't actually my neck, wasn't actually my headache, wasn't actually my back. It was dislocation in my elbow. Dislocation was the cause and the root problem of all the other problems that were happening in my life. And this is the same problem in the human story. Dislocation. We have been dislocated from our God. We have been dislocated from the one who created us and knows how we are to flourish. And that dislocation leads to all these other problems that we try and solve with all these different things and they all come up short. We are found, we find ourselves wanting until we come back to that place of uh, the issue, which is dislocation. And this, my friends, is what Jesus did. This was His purpose on earth, to relocate the human soul with its maker, to deal with the problem that is separating people from their God, to reconcile broken and hurt and lost humanity with the one who is life. And this is why Jesus said, the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. I am the one in which you will experience the fullness of life. Let's honour our God right now. If we're going to do it, may as well do it. (laughs) You know, when people are looking for life, they might not realise it, but what they're actually looking for is Jesus. And they they won't say it that way. They won't understand it necessarily when, you know, you, you, you are trying to explain it, but that is the pursuit of the human heart to find life and life to the full. And Jesus says it is in me that you will experience that. And this is why when we we know about Jesus, we become these people that just get like fired up to tell people, other people about Jesus. It's like, oh my gosh, after all this time and all the things I've tried, I've found it. I have found it the key to life, and it is Jesus. It's why people get fanatical. This is why you see those Christians driving around with a thousand bumper stickers on. This is why Christians just yell out Jesus at sporting events, like just Jesus, like people are just like, it sort of takes over you because you are just like, I just, it's it, it is it. Everyone's been searching, I've found it. And Jesus is good news, He came. He is God. We just read here in John 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word. And we remember in verse 14, it said, The Word became flesh, made His dwelling among us. His glory is seen in the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. This is Jesus who is the Word become flesh. And it says that the Word 
was with God. In the beginning, the Word was with God and the Word was God. Jesus is God Himself who has come to solve the, the human problem. And then it goes on to say that in Him is life and this life is the light of all. Okay, all people. Get this, Jesus isn't the life of uh, Christians. He's the life of humanity. He is the only one who can bring life. He's not just the leader of a religious group. He's not just uh, the truth or the helpful guide for those who have subscribed to the Christian uh, belief system. He is actually the light of life for all people. And anyone who is searching elsewhere actually is not finding the light of life they are finding a shadow of what they thought or were hoping would be life. And this is why Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. He came to solve a problem that only God could solve. Doesn't matter how good you are. Doesn't matter how hard you try. Doesn't matter how much you want to be perfect. You are not perfect. <laughs> be relieved of that pressure right now. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. God knows that we're not perfect. And because we are unable to live up to His glorious standard, because we all fall short of perfection, God Himself says, I am the only one that can solve this dislocation problem. I will come. And He comes as a baby in a manger and grows in stature with God and man and eventually begins ministry and comes out of the desert, the desert season into a synagogue and reads from Isaiah 61 and says, I have come, I have come to set the captives free, to heal the brokenhearted. He, he, he says, this scripture that, that, that we're all hoping for, it is fulfilled in your hearing. I am here. God has come. God has arrived. You know, the, one of the names for Jesus is Emmanuel and, and it means God with us. God Himself came. And then what happens is, he who lives a perfect life while we all fail, eventually trades his perfection for our imperfection on the cross. He who knew no sin became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. And he exchanges our brokenness. He takes away that dislocation. And through the sacrifice of his own body, God himself giving himself relocates us with God that we may be reconciled. The Bible says the old has gone, the new has come. We have been reconciled with God. This reconciliation all of a sudden means that the problem is solved. And then guess what? The symptoms, I'm telling you, the symptoms begin to take care of themselves. You know, um, I might get the keys up for a moment. You know, we live in a day and age where, um, where it's said to be taboo to push your beliefs on someone else. And it's interesting that the same spirit that, you know, criticises uh, sharing of faith is the same spirit that says you must, you know, unquestioningly conform to the beliefs of popular opinion or else, right? So first of all, there's no integrity in that concept. Secondly, and may I just say, God Himself doesn't want us to manipulate anyone. He doesn't want to, um, you know, push someone against their free will. God Himself doesn't do that. He, he gives people choice, he gives them free will and he allows them to make a choice. So it's not about forcing anyone to do anything against their will. But what we believe is not just good for us. 
It is good for everyone. What we believe is not just good for Christians who go to church, it is good for humanity. It is good for your neighbour. It is good for your mate at school. It is good for your enemy at school. It is good for people in this country, in that country, you know, from this culture and that culture. It's not, it's not about trying to force people to conform to a, a human structure. It is about an introduction to God Himself because God is life. In Him is life and that life is the light of all people. And if we can help people encounter Jesus, it is good news for them. You know, um, this, this critique of, of sharing faith and, and this critique and um, persecution of Christians, it, it leads to Christians um, going private with their faith. I'm, 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 it's for me. You do you, I'll do me. It's my faith. I'm not going to impose myself. I don't want to impose myself on anyone else. I'm just... But while our faith was always intended to be deeply personal between us and God, it was never intended to be private. The Great Commission literally tells us to go into all the world. Go into all the world, baptising people in the name of the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. You know, that same Scripture that teaches us that we have been reconciled with God. It goes on to say, and we have become God's ambassadors as though God Himself was making His appeal through us. Be reconciled to God. God's heart is to deal with the dislocation. And what we have to share with our world is good news for everyone. It is good news. It's not always easy news. But it is good news. Is it always easy to follow Jesus? Well, let's ask His 12 disciples, who all of them but one were martyred for their faith. Sometimes following Jesus takes you down a path which is not easy. But is it worth following Jesus? Well, let's ask His 12 disciples, who were all willing to be martyred for their faith. It was so precious to them that they, they accepted that consequence because in light of what they have, that means nothing to them. What they have is so much greater than anything that can be taken from them, including their life. They found something more precious than gold and jewels, more precious than anything on this earth, more precious than life here themselves itself. And I wanna encourage you. I wanna encourage you, Jesus is good for people. What, what you have in Him is good for people, all people. Now, we might need to do some work on how we help people see Him, how we introduce people in a way where their hearts are experiencing God and not a form of religion or, you know, fitting into a, a, a you know, cultural expectations. We might need to learn a little bit about how do we make sure that when we're helping people see Him, they're seeing Jesus. Because if anyone encounters, read the Gospels. Go, read the Gospels and you will be amazed. People flocked to Jesus. Sinners, tax collectors, prostitutes, like people of ill repute would run and be in His presence. There is something about Jesus that meets that deepest yearning of every human soul for life. And what we have is good for everyone. We shouldn't hide it. 
We shouldn't keep it from people. You know, as I've gotten older, I've found myself um, becoming a little bit like more bold in sharing what I believe, right? And um, you know, I've been thinking about it, right? Um, When I look back, I remember being a teenager and I don't really have a lot of uh, evidence for what, what I believed or why I believed trusting God and living a life of faith was the right way to go. And I was passionate and I would share with my friends, but you know, sometimes you get nervous because you want to fit in and you don't want to be the guy that's picked on and you're sort of like, well, that looks like a lot of fun what they're doing. I, I maybe, first of all, you're like, maybe I want to do that. Secondly, you're like, well, I don't want to stop them doing their life. And so you sort of wrestle a bit. But as I've become older, what I think has happened is, you know, um, more and more people who maybe rejected me and rejected my faith and rejected what it was that I was so compelled to live towards, um, you do see that in life as time goes on that they're finding less and less, um, you know, life in what they're doing. And it's not that there's not good things that happen to people that aren't in church. It's that I'm just becoming more aware that the people who laughed at me are so often the people who are still searching and still trying the next thing, hoping that'll work. And it's gone to a point where it's almost like, I'm like, I just, I wanna help you here. Like, almost like reputation, my reputation can be damned to be honest. It's like, I don't really care too much anymore because I'm like watching you hurt yourself. And it's not that my life's perfect, but I've chosen to follow Jesus and I look back and I'm glad I did. Like following Jesus was a good choice. Every time I have chosen Him over myself, Him over what my friends did, Him over what was common, Him over what everyone else in society said was the right thing. Every time I've chosen Him, every time I've discovered more of Him in Scripture, every time I've made His purposes, my purposes, it's been good for me. It's not that everything's been easy, but it's been good. And I look at my life and I thank God for everything He's walked with me through. Because the good times and the bad times have made me who I am. And even the things that were meant to harm me, God's turned around for good. And, you know, God has taken things and worked all those things together for the good of those that love Him and are called according to His purposes. And I am seeing life. It's not perfect, but I am seeing true life and life to the full. And it's not, it's not, in, it's not in the accolades and it's not in the fame and it's not in the followers. And it's not the money. You know what I mean? Like, you look, I look at a lot of those things and it's like, I still don't have a lot of those things, but I don't need them because I've discovered life is not those things. And that is life and life to the full. When you can really live with God and be whole and be free and be unburdened and be like, and forgive. People can't forgive. People hold on to hate for years and, de- and it poisons them. And they don't know any better because they haven't experienced forgiveness. And they feel so justified in their hate that it shapes them. And they become like, ugh. And it's sad because Jesus wants to help them walk in life. And do you know what life for the full does look like? Being led by God in the process of forgiveness. 
He who is forgiven much, <laughs> loves much. It is like when you have received and experienced God for yourself and you are like, wow. It's amazing how it gives you the capacity to do the impossible, to forgive those things that are impossible. The security that you have. Christy said it before, so many people are eating of this fear, this economic fear. Well, the economy's going down the drain, right? Ah, right. But there is this security that comes with walking with God that is like up or down. At the end of the day, that's not where my life is found. Whether I have a lot or a little, you know, this is where Paul's like, I have, I have discovered the secret to life. It is to be content in any and all things. And then when he goes on to talk about, I can do all things through Christ to strengthen me, what he's talking about is all the things, up and down, good, bad, the, the challenges he faced, the, everything is possible with God. He's like, I figured it out, guys. I can endure everything. I can literally endure being hungry. I can endure being, you know, persecuted. I can endure the good times. I can enjoy the good times. I can enjoy. He's like, I figured it out. And it's just this, I can do all things through Christ. Who strengthens me? You know, what we have, the world needs. Don't be ashamed of what we have. Share Jesus. Share Jesus. Pray and pray that prayer that we're praying every day here. God, reveal to me one person today who I can share your uncommon love with. Let God orchestrate the moments. Just be, just be willing to share Jesus. I loved Warren's workshop that he did in our campuses because at the end of the day, it was like, have you experienced Jesus? Well, tell people about how that impacted your life. I'm like, I can do that. And as you do it, maybe someone's heart will open a little bit. Maybe someone will be like, well, like if it worked for you, maybe, maybe it's, worth, it's worth giving it a go. You know, and I just think people, God's good for people. Jesus is good for people and we want to we tell them about Him. You know, um, I want to pray just towards the end of this meeting for people who, as you've heard about the good news of Jesus, a God who loves you so much that He doesn't want you to remain dislocated on your own trying to find life, but came so that you can be reconciled to God. I want to pray for you to experience that personally because you're probably sitting next to somebody who themselves felt lost and didn't know which way was up, who had the aching headache and the pain. And they probably have had an experience where they've said yes to Jesus and He's begun to work in their life. And you can too. It's for every single person who would open up their heart to Him. He says, yes, I will reconcile you back to my Father. It is for you. And then I wanna pray for a boldness, a boldness to come upon us as believers, to share Jesus with people, to share the Saviour of the world with people, to share the One who brings life, and life to the full, to share the one in whom there is life, which is the light of all people. We want people to know Him. So to begin with, can I just ask you just to take a moment, maybe close your eyes and I want you to have this moment with God yourself. And you might be in this room, maybe you've come with a friend, maybe it's your first time ever in a church and you're like, wow, these people, they're passionate. They believe this stuff. Maybe you're sitting there and maybe you've been to church a little bit, but for you, maybe it's been a religious thing or, or an experience of a, a culture or being a part of a group. But today you're realising it's actually about God meeting and knowing Him, being reconciled to Him, dealing with the dislocation and being relocated in Him. 
Whatever it is, whatever reason right now you feel like you're distant from God, I honestly believe that if you would open up your heart and you would pray with faith to God, He will hear you. And something miraculous is gonna take place in your life. And all of a sudden, the light of life will begin to dawn in your own heart. And you begin to see, you begin to see as God sees the plans and the purposes for your life. You begin to hear His voice as He leads you into life and life to the full. You'll begin to experience everything you've been looking for in all the wrong places. If you would just give God a chance. So what I wanna do right now, if that's you and you are saying, I wanna make that decision to put my life in the hands of Jesus tonight, wherever you are right now, while eyes are closed, could you give me a wave? Give me a wave and say, that's me. Yeah, that's me. I, I want to be relocated with God. If that's you, wherever you're at, just give me a wave. Amazing. I'm distant from God. I've been searching in places for life, but I know that today life is found in Him and I am saying yes to Him. If that's you, just before we pray, I just wanna know if there's anyone else tonight and you are saying, that's me, I'm ready to put my life in His hands. Great decision. So while people are responding, I'm just gonna keep this open. If that's you and you can just sense the love of God saying, hey, come on, it's me. It's me you've been looking for. It's me you've been searching for. Those other things will never satisfy, but I will. If that's you and you're distant from God, but tonight you feel Him calling you home, just quick, give us a wave wherever you're at. Amazing, amazing. Wow. We're all gonna pray a prayer. If you raise your hand, I want you to pray this prayer from your heart. God will hear it. If you didn't raise your hand, but if you're honest with yourself, you need Jesus to be close. You need to be reconciled to Him. I want you to pray with faith as well. And all of us, we're all gonna pray this to support those who are praying this from their heart to God to receive Him as their Saviour. So with every eye closed, let's repeat this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, I know that You love me and that You gave Your life up for me so that I can be reconciled to God. Tonight I accept Your forgiveness for my sin past, present and future. And I know that nothing will separate me from the love of God. I am a new creation, born again of the Spirit. And I will live forever with you as my God. From this day forward, walk with me, talk to me and live in me in Jesus' Name. Amen. Amen, church. Can we just give it up and honour those people that began a relationship with Jesus tonight that will never end. Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more info about Horizon Church, please visit our website at hz.church. Have a fantastic day and we hope to see you again soon.